Hello, everyone. I'm Casey. And I'm Michael. And welcome to Put That Record On. This week, we're spinning The Future Bites by Stephen Wilson, his sixth solo studio album from the year 2021. Welcome to 2021, everyone. Oh, I guess if... Yeah, no, everyone's already in 2021. I, uh, we've been in 2021. So. <laughs> it's February. If, if, if we are able to release this to the people of 2020, oh, we got problems. <laughs> I'm just, I, I feel like January was just, January had so much of the 2020 mood still very much instilled. January 2021 was like a, a concoction of all of the best bits of 2020 <laughs> all mixed into one. We played, we played some of the hits. We, we did everything in January 2021. Everything. We did a whole year there. I'm exhausted already, but <laughs> so, so please join us around the record player, sit back and enjoy. So this was another one of those albums that was uh, supposed to be released in June of 2020 and uh, got the good old COVID postponement treatment. And I, and I feel like for this record, uh, the postponement treatment kind of hurt it a little bit. There's, a, there's an overarching theme that I'm actually going to start with before we even get to the cover, because the cover kind of plays into this whole idea, which is the Future Bites is this fake company, this fake like monolithic design brand there was a lot of um promotional stuff for the future bites this was going to be a an interesting rollout because the future bites was this fake design company but it came with a lot of <laughs> like the album cover and the story of the album and the music videos and the teasers and the products they were selling these these fake design products all had this like they had a rollout that was supposed to be th the February through June of last year, and COVID um, kind of affected all of that. So it was postponed in hope that, you know, the, the tour and all and the promotional stuff could be done in a way that was COVID free. But of course, uh, eventually yeah. you just have to. You have to accept the fact that there's no such thing as COVID free unless you're in New Zealand. We'll get into the, the promotional stuff um, in a second. Um, but I, I do want to mention the promotional stuff just because it it does tie it ties in heavily to this album cover that we uh can start discussing i'd say there's not much with the album cover um this is the branding for the future bites uh, this is the the font and big bold letters um that they were putting on products along with the initials for the company which would be the tfb all the promotional stuff was like basically the idea is you put tfb and then a number on it and it makes the price go up. So this was a this was an attack at thing the brands like Supreme and I think he mentioned a couple other brands inside of London, which I'm more unfamiliar with. But I'm very familiar with like Supreme. It's something that I've wanted to mock before. It looks like mediocre product that just has like the big like the word Supreme stamped on it. But I could be wrong. I I I do I do not personally own nor know anyone that owns a Supreme item. So. Uh, my any mocking or I, I do is, you know, just based off of how I see it on the internet. I believe that's all it is. A big theme of this album is playing into that, that that kind of brand is what the Future Bites is while attacking it through that lens of just this insane idea of putting a mediocre, like just a mediocre stamp. If you put the <laughs> Supreme logo on something, it like, makes its value go up somehow because people like it's supreme like even in the in the deluxe editions of the 
box set, he has little stickers that just say the future bites and then like stickers next to it like this increases the value of the product by three times <laughs> and then everything was numbered uh so they you know some of the promo materials just had you know these fake things like we only made 200 of these and they're individually numbered and like people go nuts for this stuff and i don't i don't think that that's not an attack on supreme in this case but it is an attack on designer brands that do that it's an exclusivity thing like oh there's only so many of these and i think i think in some cases it's neat i i think it's different when like artists with like paintings and um prints do it it's like they're only going to sell a certain number of prints of their art and then their prints are numbered i find that different than like a fashion brand or something that's like we're only going to pr produce a certain number of this purse it, to me it's different to me that is different yeah, and I, I, you sent me a text, and I, I, I agree with it, and we'll, and we'll talk about it later, of just, like, this album is critiquing the mainstream big brand corporation. The Future Bites is designed to be this massive, well, it is a massive company run by a few at this point. It's, it's, in the, it's staged in the future, where they've pushed all the, the normal workers out, so there's just, like, an exec crew. What is mocked throughout this album, uh, it's, a, you know, it's a critique of these, of these brands, of you know fake scarcity of the the, the big, big designer you know I, I think and what you were saying small small business local individual people that is cool that is fine it's when it's like oh you've got one of the five thousand micro cos purses look at you and you're like just walking that around like you know you are the best because you've got one of these five thousand th things yeah you're flaunting it and it's just like I'm sorry. Very, very few people are going to, one, recognize that that bag had like a limited quantity made. And and I don't think Michael Kors does that. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Michael Kors is the one that comes to mind as like, they definitely are like aggressive in like, here's our logo. And just by having the logo on the post. Yes, they have, they have their logo for sure. I, I think, I don't know the, the name of the, that of like, you put your logo on this. It's, you can sell it for a high price, even though it's a cheap post. And then it's a, like a status symbol is what I'm looking exactly. for. And that's a lot of them. That's a, it's a lot of purse and clothing brands, fashion brands, essentially, that, that play that game. But yeah, a small business that's just like someone working out of their own house or studio, if they want to only sell like a limited number of their prints, and if that does drive, off the drive up the price, I mean, that is their income and their livelihood, and it's directly to them. It's just like, no, I only want a certain number of this piece of art out in the world and it's just their one person that's making that decision versus a company that's just like oh i want to create scarcity and make this thing super exclusive and then just keep doing that at the expense of many others yeah there, there's a difference yeah that, that's a that's an overarching theme of this album um the other theme is i is identity and kind of social media's role in it the cover has this it has Steven's face imposed over another um, silhouette type thing, which is another big theme of this album is kind of just like the internet and its, its goal to sell, sell, sell. <laughs> mm -hmm. The internet at this point is designed to sell you on everything and to sell your, yourself. Uh, it's something he, you know, he's faced a lot being a musician of he has to use the internet to like sell this his music to sell who he is um in order to be profitable in order to run his be you know be a musician at this this state 
and he's had to deal with what the forces that all of us have to deal with, which is Google, Amazon, and Facebook, which are these massive corporations who are just selling ad machines. <laughs> they make all the money on ads. Their entire purpose is like, we're going to make this friendly internet thing that people use. But really what everything on the internet is, is it's trying to sell you stuff. Oh yeah. It's one big marketing scheme. Even if it's not, even if it's not just the ads, the pop-up ads or any, anything like that, like it's just everywhere. Yeah, it's a, and the people on it have to like present this fake version of themselves in order to be sold. That's I mean, that's been a big critique of social media since since it started. I remember reading a our English teacher in my in my freshman year made us read this book, you know, back when social media was much smaller, but people already being like this isn't good for you like because guess what? What you see on social media is not what people are in real life. But in order to be successful and to sell, you have to have this whole persona, this whole fake version of you that gets to people. It, I mean, it changes people for the worse if the lines stop blowing between mm-hmm. what is real and what is on the internet. And that's kind of what the, um, is on the cover is the silhouette that's kind of blowing. Like he's on top of it, but there's also what's behind it is just like, you know, a normal person. And he's got to like create this identity on top of it in order to be successful in in this and definitely you know this again this is taking place in a future because what he is scared about is like many of us we've seen the last 10 years and how massive google and facebook and amazon have become and anyone who's smart enough knows these algorithms and this this system designed to sell you stuff is not getting worse no it's only it's only getting better (laughs) it's getting better at a scary rate and 10 years has done a lot what's the next 10 years going to do there, there was definitely reason to be concerned or at least, you know, be able to write an album around. I mean, you can you can research it. It doesn't take a lot of research to realize, yeah, if this just kind of keeps going how it's been going, it's not going to be great. That, that's a lot of words. I, I feel like to to talk about the album, all of this needs to be said because the, this is a definitely a concept album. And that this the concept is based around these things where, you know, we all said the future is going to be great because you've got all this technology and it's going to be great. But there's this, the, you know, the future bites, the, there's a biting part of the future where it's not all sunshine and roses. There's a lot of flaws that we're finding about this new future. I, I also, I'm glad that we are having this discussion right before we go into it. I mean, um, some of you will have already listened to the album. Because um, I know that some people like to kind of treat this like a, a book club, but for albums. And so you, you listen to the album and then, you know, come to the discussion of it. Um, but if you haven't, or even if you haven't, you just didn't know this background, it, it does really shine a light on a lot of it musically. I didn't know any of that when I first turned this album on. I went into it really not knowing what to expect. And I was caught very off guard. I was sitting in my living room. All the windows were wide open like the snow was falling outside and then i start this album up and it is it is anxiety city (laughs) it is a very heavy album and not in like a heavy guitar distorted guitar type way in a oh (laughs) i was like this is not what i wanted (laughs) and not to say that's a bad thing well we'll get around to that no it's just like it is a it's a mood it's a it has a presence that cannot be denied. Mm, it, yes, it has a it has a presence. <laughs> yeah, this is not this is not background music. 
this is this is some heavy listening. And and that's kind of why I, you know, the COVID did affect this because he did have some really cool promotional ideas that he was releasing before COVID that was describing this future. Like he was setting up the album so that when we got to the album, we were going to have all, you know, all these bits and pieces. And I did have all these, I did have this information before the album came out without having to do a ton of research. Like these are the promotional things he was posting on his YouTube page and his Instagram, like. That's how he was rolling out the album in this very designed future company way, which was very, it was just cool. Um, and so, like I said, it was sad that COVID came around. But yeah, that, I think that bit is very important to understanding what's going on here. The other things I want to talk about in the themes, there was a cool, he did an ultra deluxe edition. So he did, there was a limited number box set of one of 5,000 for the, uh, for the deluxe edition. And then there was an ultra deluxe edition, which was a one of one item. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he was really playing into this. Yeah. And I, that's neat. And this ultra deluxe album, he, he wanted to make it very special. He didn't want to just have the number one on it, but it had an, an exclusive song in it. So he had a seven inch vinyl, which had a song that is only in the ultra deluxe edition, which that he said, whoever purchases this can either keep it for themselves or they can release it. And it it cost what ten thousand pounds, but all the money all the money went to um the local venues that are struggling due to COVID over in um in London. Oh, good guy Stephen Wilson. Wow, I learned I learned so much on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm here I'm here for the history. The ultra it, there was an unboxing which we'll post below. It it's cool. He's got there's a lot of stuff in there. There's uh, his Grammy medallion. His uh there's some Polaroids from the album cover shooting. Just a host of like goodies that. Oh, his, there was handwritten lyrics from all sorts of songs for the last 20 years. And he was describing it. He, you know, he kind of wanted this to be a one of one. It's kind of like a piece of art of, you know, there is only one Mona Lisa, but people can take pictures of it and people can experience it through pictures. Um, but only one person can own it, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy who b- bought it, thankfully, it was really cool guy. He's got, looks like a YouTube channel with like 40,000 subs. So he's, he's a well-known somewhere. I didn't know. I, I didn't know him, but... Very, very nice guy. Did a very nice unboxing and is very open and willing to sharing all of this with people who are interested in it, which is, which is neat for people like me who this is very fascinating for me to see this as well. But obviously, I'm not going to be the one of one. No, no, that's nice. Because it could have just, it could have just been someone who is the collector type and who would receive it and then put it on a shelf and literally never open it. Mm-hmm. Like th- <laughs> those types exist. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a vinyl in there, but I'm not touching it. There's an exclusive song on there. If I play it, what if it breaks? I don't want to decrease the value. Yeah. And instead, what he's doing is he's, he's got the equipment to uh, digitalize it, basically. And so he's going to very meticulously digitalize the, the song and, and let everyone download it who wants to. So Also, also good guy, whoever this, this person's name is. Maybe you should uh, put his like, YouTube channel or something in the show notes. Yeah, I'm going to put that video so people can check that out if they want to it's it's a really cool box like a lot of artists would not put i mean the grammy medallion in a box and ship it off to someone another theme that we want to talk about is kind of the genre of the album but i want to flame it through the lens of that progressive rock snobs are the worst (laughs) for those who don't know stephen wilson's history he was the founder of porcupine tree which is one of the most well-known um (laughs) well-rewarded prog bands of the 2000s and he's written four, five, like 
prog rock epics, like the best reviewed prog rock albums of the last 20 years. He's done remixing and remastering of all the old Yes and Just Little Troll albums. He's a force inside of the prog rock space, but he doesn't view himself as a prog rock artist. And because he's not, he, <laughs> he plays with every genre. And it's something that prog rock fans in particular don't like. And no one should care what prog rock fans think about. No one should care what the artists, the, the fans think about. I think it's something that a lot of music artists actually don't do well. And I tend to like the music artists who just don't care about their fans in a way that fans don't know what they want. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if, if fans had it their way, he would write just like prog rock albums forever. If Taylor Swift fans had it their way, Taylor Swift would still be a country artist. Would she though? I guess old Taylor Swift fans. I'm saying like if you're a 20, 2008 Taylor Swift fan, do you want, would you say more country or shift? Most fans are going to say more country. Mm-hmm. You have to like ruffle some feathers to like switch genres. Like when Taylor Swift went pop, it's like country music was like, oh, and then she went like in another direction. And it's like the pop fans like, oh, and you know, whole, whole true fans stick around and like that. Like if you're a fan who likes an artist, you'll, probably like whatever the artist does and i feel like it's healthy for artists to jump around and not do the same thing because if they do the same thing they aren't learning they aren't growing they get bored of it the product goes down right if they're not interested it's not gonna be a good thing whereas if they are experimenting with new things and they like to do that you'll get something new and interesting and everyone's having everyone's like maybe not bought on but it will be they'll be more bought on (laughs) so like what's funny is is by being someone who is trying new things and experimenting, that makes you progressive. Right. Well, and <laughs> there's two sides of the progressive rock coin of like, weirdly enough, the progressive rock snobs are the ones who like want it to stay the same. Like this got to sound like 70s progressive rock or it's not progressive rock. And it's like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> There can be progressive every type of music. It, I don't view progressive as a genre. I view progressive as a category of any genre. I think you can have progressive electronic, progressive pop, progressive rock. Does not matter. Progressive is to say this is experimental in a way, maybe you know, kind of a fusion in a way, something new in a way. Which is why I, Kat, like when I heard this album, I was like, that's progressive. But I am not a prog snob by no. any means. <laughs> no. But prog snobs are also like, oh, I can't believe he wrote something that sounds so, you know, not, not rock or metal. Like, definitely because he's written, the problem is he's written some of the best prog rock and prog metal albums of all time, which means people are very critical when he shifts away from that because they're like, just write more of those. We want more of those. Just do what we want. Right. I'm sh- and I'm sure they we would. And I mean, I might like that album more. That for all I know, I probably would. And we will review those albums in time because they are some of my favorite albums of all time as well. And completely different than this. I, I think it's very important to, if you listen to this, this is not what the rest of Steven's catalog sounds like because the rest of Steven's catalog is all over the place. <laughs> well, I think that's why I went into this just... And I was just so caught off guard because I have listened to Steven Wilson before. Um, I don't remember what 
album it was that you did send over and I listened to, um, but I enjoyed it. And I know that I've listened to Porcupine Tree in the past because of an ancient college radio show that you <laughs> played Porcupine Tree on. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a they lot, will, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, that was back. That's why I found Porcupine Tree was a bunch of the people at the station because this was only a couple years after some of those fantastic albums came out. So That's a, that was nine years ago, bud. Oh, I know. I know. I've been, <laughs> I've been on the Stephen Wilson train for quite a while at this point but i i do want i do want to say that like if you don't like this though there was a stephen wilson sound for everyone out there if you are into <laughs> pop or rock or metal or ambient or <laughs> electronic it exists. <laughs> it exists he's got like six different projects he creates a lot of music he just i mean he just likes making music which you can tell like the, and this is a this is a i view it more as an electronic album but it is a you know, him experimenting with electronic sounds, which he's, that's actually how he started his career. Porcupine Tree started off as a one-man electronic project <laughs> until he found a bassist and a drummer and was like, uh, and then it became all of a rock band. But that was back in 1990. Yeah, 1990 or so. So <laughs> it's been a while since he's played with electronic music. Um, the last theme uh, if you, we've got chapters in Overcast or any, I guess Apple Podcast has chapters. We've got chapters. If you just want to go to songs, well, they're listed. Um, this album, <laughs> this album is mixed so so well. I can't get over how well this album is mixed. And I mean, it makes sense because, as I mentioned, Stephen produced Yes and Jeff the Toll album remasters, remixed those in surround. His Grammys are from surround sound mixing of his own albums usually best surround sound album like he is a master at mixing and this album is is right up there um the the layers that are in this album are superb like they'll they'll have soundscapes in the back of the mix with other instruments in front of them like you can tell exactly where all the instruments are but you just have these layers inside of the music that are just sp uh, somehow spaced, which is just wild to me. Because usually I'm used to like, there are different layers, but I feel like they're all on the same like plane, whereas they are on different planes in different areas here, which is just. Are you touching upon like when you can, you like you close your eyes and you can like, p like picture in your head where a sound is located around you? Mm-hmm. Or am I making that up? That's what, exactly what I mean. Like, when I hear this, I can hear like if I was standing on a stage, there would be like this soundscape of like this wall of sound in the back section of the stage. And then if someone was playing drums and singing, you know, with no microphones or anything, they'd be playing the drums in front of that soundscape behind them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just like a coordinate plane. And it's like here are where the sounds are located versus just here is a flat sound and some are louder and quieter. Basically, if you're going to listen to this album, I recommend a good pair of headphones. This is not a one headphone li listen no. at all. I am a one headphone listener sometimes because I'm also very jumpy as a person. So <laughs> I like to have an ear open. <laughs> but you, the, and some albums, it's fine. This one, no, you need both headphones. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, some it's fine. Yeah, he, he mixed this. This is one of the first albums mixed um, for Adobe Atmos, which he was talking about as this fascinating thing, which is the new surround sound standard, um, which has speakers on behind you, in front of you, to the sides of you, and in the ceilings. 
So he mixed it for that as well. And just like being able to, you know, play sounds from, from the ceiling, from the sides, from the back and being able to make this entire um, soundstage. There'll be, a, there'll be talk about um, album mixing as well, but each of these songs just sounds amazing. But with all of that said, with a, with a good 30 minute intro, I'm so sorry. He's <laughs> just skipped. <laughs> I'm sorry. This album needed a longer intro because this is not your everyday album. It is, this is not. No. I'm sorry. Most, most people, they put this on and they'd be like, what is this? What am I listening to? <laughs> and not in a great way. <laughs> I totally see that viewpoint. I, I, I'm glad music like this exists because I, I think, you know, we, we live in a world with billions of people and a bunch of people make music and it's really refreshing to have stuff where I'm like, I don't know if I've heard stuff like this before. I mean, I, I know I haven't. <laughs> I might not like this. I might not come to this that often, but maybe every once in a while I do. And I'm glad it exists. Like, yes, there's going to be popular music and pop music and people listen to pop music and that's all they want. And it's like, that's great. It exists for those people. But it's nice to have all these alternatives where it's like, if you're the type of person who's looking for something like this, it exists for you. And I think that's cool. I agree. So songs, there are nine of them. There's kind of eight of them. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Kind, kind of eight, but, but it's nine. It's nine. Um, the first song is titled On Self, which is a kind of just a lead-in intro song to the second song, which is Self. I don't have much to say on On Self other than I complete. I immediately got the vibe of um, the Radiohead song "Exit Music" for a film. Oh, Some, something I will say is different from the last two episodes. This album triggered nothing for me. Wow. For other music. Well, I mean, we just said like this music is like wildly different than like your normal oh, yeah. music. So I got, I got nothing. Oh no, that's a lie. That is a lie. That's a complete lie. I thought there's one. There's one. Never mind. Have you Spoiler. listened to Radiohead's OK Computer before? Uh, uh, no. If I have, I don't remember. Okay, well, that's not a that's probably not an album we'll talk about on the show because I, I view it in the it's been talked to death because it's one of the 10 greatest albums of all time. But if you haven't, uh, you should listen to that one on your own time. Yeah, I mean, I know I've listened to Radiohead, but it wasn't something I sought out. I might have. I'm... um. Is the album cover blue? <laughs> it's it's got blue. It's blue and white. <laughs> What's it? No, no, I don't think I've listened to this. Wow, yeah. I'm such a flipping normie. Yeah, so that it that was probably the best record of the '90s. <laughs> I the album I'm thinking of isn't even by Radiohead, is it? Wow, <laughs> be hilarious. That would be hilarious. <laughs> the album cover that came to my head i thought it was radiohead you're the nomi who only oh. knows creep well that's that's Haley reinhardt's fault okay that's not radiohead's fault yep yep i was <laughs> i was thinking of the album <laughs> stadium arcadium by red hot chili peppers ah yes the red hot chili peppers very <laughs> very similar to radiohead in zero ways i'm gonna see myself out now <laughs> <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> okay 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of you, I'm going to make one of your homework items for the next couple of weeks uh, to listen to OK Computer. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about it at the end of one of these episodes. Uh, not in depth, but like five Just minutes. like a, like some little bonus material in the episode. So it's not really bonus, but just like, hey, Casey, did you listen to that? And I can be like, yeah, oh, yes, I did. The best album of the 90s. And that is not just my opinion. That is the opinion of many. <laughs> like that completely changed music um, in a way. Not in a way. It did. <laughs> and, and, and because everyone oh, after that was compared to, I mean, even Cold, like Coldplay was like, oh, this sounds like Radiohead. Like everything was like based, it like changed. It's like, here's the new basis on what uh, 90, you know, mu- that makes sense. music should be in inside of 1997. It's, all, it's also a futuristic concept album. No, I mean, I, I, I was going to give my thoughts on Unself. Oh, yeah. So go ahead. Bas- Unself, I, I, what I liked about it, one, it was short. Two, I immediately just started a pic- like picturing kind of like apocalyptic or outer space. Like you're very by yourself. It even has like some soft like astronaut space station radio that comes in in the background and then these very soft vocals. But you're not, it, you feel very alone when you're listening and it, it makes you kind of feel like a little scared, a little lost, like that that kind of feeling, just if that's where you land in the music. And I, I felt like it did a decent job putting you in a I'm not okay mindset and then leading you into the rest of the album. And you saying lonely, actually, I did not catch that. But now that there was three songs that I put this um, comment on and they're all songs dealing with loneliness, which is there's an echoey vocal that's on the floor. So you've got your main singer, and then this is part of the just great mixing. And then the, the sound comes out of the middle and then floats and echoes off to the two s- floors. So your left and your right. So on the, bot- the bottoms of the headphones, you get this reverb, which kind of makes sense now that I'm thinking of it, because it's the three lonely songs, and that's a very lonely feeling. You're in this small, trapped, closed space, and there's just somebody singing, and then the vocals kind of you know, stay, you know, stay inside this small bubble. You might have to re-listen and listen for that that flow vocal, yeah. but it's so it's very specific on these on three of these songs, which now that you mention it, all deal with this kind of loneliness feeling. So yeah, no, that's that's really nice. Yeah, that that was one of my. I just really liked that because it it kicked off. Yeah, it kicked off the rest of the album. But I, it's like what's funny is, is I didn't necessarily get that lonely feeling from other songs, but it, I was also dealing. There's just a lot more going on. in the rest of the music (laughs) whereas this is a very this is of every track this is very simple very short and i think it did what it needed to do yeah it's a good just i mean it's an intro piece to self so it transitions nicely into self it sets up a mood nicely i I like it for that those reasons yeah the second song is self and um the transition that's between unself and self is very subtle and very quick. And so when I first listened to this album, I didn't realize there were two separate songs. Correct. I, I forgot to mention that. But yeah, my first listen, I did my patented no notes, just sat, sat alone in bed um, with the headphones on. Um, and that was, uh, I did not catch the, uh, <laughs> the transition. I, I thought it was one song. <laughs> well, I just remember thinking, oh, I like this song. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> Because I kind of, I just thought it was, I, I, I liked the nice setup and 
so therefore I wanted to stay in that longer. No. And I was roughly pulled out of it. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, yeah. So this one, it, I gave also, I gave a vibe of futuristic. I think it has a lot of futuristic sounds and vocals. A lot of bleeps and bloops. Yeah, a little R two D two's running around. I I do. I actually really like the chorus. <laughs> one thing about this album is every time I've listened to it, I've like found new stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on to find. Um, this this is actually the first of a few courses where it's not Steven's vocal, which I, I haven't I haven't figured out why certain songs have he has the vocal and so a lot of songs actually he doesn't he doesn't actually sing his own choruses. I yes, he, I it's like a group. Mm-hmm. A chorus is singing the chorus. Yeah, I I don't know why yet, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the the chorus is super catchy in in a weird way. I like that floating around, but then, yeah, the chorus comes back to that of the we are self, the self that. We are self, the self that loves itself now. I have it written down. Okay, that's good. We are self, I only see myself now. This is the the first song that kind of deals with social media selfishness. The narcissism that, like, floats and it just comes with social media as a thing like with your own platform and i i like hesitate to call it that because so so social media is so normalized and so ingrained in our society i'm not going to be like literally every person on social media is a narcissist i think that there's some of that but i think that in some cases it's it's more of you know valuing yourself and self-love in some cases it's definitely narcissism but social media is just so effed and like really, really takes a toll on, I would say, the majority of people's mental well-being in that, like, everyone's identity, including your your own, is getting so distorted. And it's like, so here's my social media page, and this is what people, like, there are people, it's like, this is all they know about me. It's what they see on this page. And it's like, that's not necessarily who I am. But it's, you know, this this is myself on that social media page. And it's like, this might be like the self that I want to be. Like, this is, I'm presenting the good sides of things. Then you're like disappointed in yourself when it's like, you're not that. There's a line, uh, self sees a billion stars, but still can only self-regard. Uh, you just, you're on this platform and you, you see a billion people and you're just like, all you can still think about is like yourself and your like, your likes on this platform, even though you see, you know, billions of people. Some of what we'll be talking about is like social media. He there's a video for this which is creepy and fascinating and cool use of um the deepfakes technology where he he imposes the faces of famous politicians and CEOs over him to sing this stuff um which is part of this is the other side of it there's the social media narcissism but then there's also political and CEO narcissism which is a little bit more prominent the CEO and politician side of this later in the album they too um, <laughs> fall into the narcissistic and self-absorbed category. I have that it turns to literal noise at about two minutes. And I, <laughs> I think like... that's like a bridge or an interlude. I like it. I like that. I, I, so I like the noise interludes, <laughs> which is me. I know Casey does not like the noise interludes. No, no. Um, I, I used to... <laughs> We've known this about me for a long time. Revolution 9. I don't... I, so that's not a... That's like noise in a different way, I feel. I, I did, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the same way. I'm saying it's noise. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, so one thing I caught later is there's a line sung by the children. 
Oh, yeah. Which is I am the universe, which I think, I, I don't know if it's intended this way, but I viewed it as it's a fun thing for kids to think, right? Like kids are self-centered, the center of everything. It's like, I am the universe. But self is self-centered online. The people who feel like they're the center of the universe, like social media gives into that. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, basically, of the narcissists can take over and then are rewarded for being the center of the universe. So I thought it, I thought it was interesting to have the kids singing it, and it sounds so fun, but a lot of what's going on on social media is people still thinking they are self-centered and being creatively rewarded for that. Yeah, I, I like it. it. It definitely, like... It sets the mood of kind of of some of the album, I think, in a, in a way. The next song is entitled King Ghost. King Ghost. I actually don't remember exactly how this song opens. It starts with just with a, an electronic and then a, a like a drum program. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, Will you help I, me gather my thoughts? The reason I really enjoy this song overall is this like piano synth i think arpeggio that muse sound yes hi yes i'm a muse fan can you tell <laughs> muse invented the, the synth arpeggio hi i i like muse <laughs> and that's what i like um no but as soon as it starts it it changes the vibe for me and it brings you somewhere else and i mean he also has like a floaty vocal that goes over it and then um, good on Steven Wilson if it is not edited for the, like this when he goes up the octave on that floaty vocal because that is, that is high. He he definitely has uh, been working on his the falsetto in the last couple of albums because he has. I mean, it could have it t- could have totally been him. It, he the it comes in and it's like he, it's like basically he jumps the octave. Or at least that I mean that's what you're hearing what you are hearing musically. I don't know if it yeah. If whether it's edited or not, I don't know. I I love that that's the chorus in a way. It's not a. There's no lyrics there. It's just like it's a melody. He's just it. It's yeah. It's a melody. It's a sung melody that is floating over this beautiful synth arpeggio. It, talking about the mix, the mixing. This song is mixed so well. Oh, <laughs> I love this part, and like, I immediately feel. I felt like I just like entered this like magical clearing like either clearing or like it's like i was picturing jellyfish in jewel tones so like turquoises and purples and blues and they're kind of like floating around you and it's just they're like glowing lights you might really like the music video for this song because that's kind of what it is really i mean that's that's immediately what i pictured like it's like you enter this you're not underwater necessarily but like that's what's floating around you and these sources of light and they're just really really pretty and i just want to like put in a side note um i'm sober listening to this album (laughs) just i (laughs) you don't need anything for this album i don't (laughs) this is not there's no intoxication involved of any kind that is just immediately what i pictured and what i felt like was surrounding me and it's like it's very dark and but also like you come from a dark place and then you enter this and there's all these like lights around you and it's just super pretty. And it, and that that's a lot of the song. But it builds. I wrote down, I love the dreamy synthscape, but that expands every chorus. That the whole song, like 
it builds throughout the the, the song, like just this mm-hmm. whole soundscape. Um, and this is the second song of with the echoey flow vocal. This is the first one I noticed it on. Like I hold it on um, on self when I came back to it, but King Ghost was one I noticed it on of because it is it's also in that lonely sphere of you know you're just like asking for help from anyone like you're alone in your thoughts you're alone in like you want someone else to be able to see through your how you see things you feel like you're the only one the other element of this song that i don't that i don't like i i am not someone who enjoys single spoken words (laughs) oh no (laughs) i don't like that in my music so I understand that music lyrics for most artists, it's it's just a form of poetry. But when you just start speaking individual words over music and you're literally just speaking them and it's like, I, I just feel like I am being read a poem and then I stop, I stop listening to the music. So what I was getting out of that was, I mean, the song is about some somebody trying to get in the head of this person and that sounded to me like a computer just like you've gone you know it sounded like a social media algorithm type thing where it's like you put yourself through this and it's just like a computer reading off what they think of you and it's like i I actually have the lyrics open so the the words that they say are commoner field sanity telecom ice luminous taurus uh i don't even know how to say that sayoka that one's a that's a made up word that Stephen admitted was just a made up sound. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, light. So like that is there there like that is a bunch of random words, and it, it does it's it sounds like a computer trying to like analyze you and like try to put you into groups of like what it might see in a picture of you or what what it can sell you. It, like it's because the the vocals got a computery sound to it. Yes, it does. Taurus is a good. Um, like, oh, you, okay, so this guy's a tourist. We can, you know, sell tourist gear. Maybe they're into that. They're, they're a commoner. We can, we can work with that field. Okay, they, they used to work on, on the field or they have interests in living in the country. Like, it's trying to get things from you. Yeah. So it has a purpose. Whether I like it, <laughs> do I like it musically? No. No. Do I like it as a concept? Sure. Like, that's fine. This is a, this is, <laughs> this, this this album is here for concepts of but yeah this is not a this this album is not just here for the music <laughs> by any means this, this album's here for like it it's got a art feel to it yes which is neat i mean hey that's kind of that's what we're here for we're discussing albums this is this falls into you would not find this on a playlist you would not hear this on the radio <laughs> i like king ghost as a song though i i do yeah, I, I can't. The, the the spoken word part is very short. Like I can get through it, and I, I appreciate King Ghost for what it is because I love love where it puts me mentally. I I find I find that really really pleasant. Yeah, this this song is I, I like I really like this one. And then there's actually a um a B side to the song with a Tangerine Dream remix, which is fitting because this is a very Tangerine Dream synth sound going on. Um, and he's actually remixed a couple of Tangerine Dream albums from the 70s as well. So if, if you like um, synthy soundscapes, this is the song for you. Well, that and 70s Tangerine Dream stuff, if you want an hour of soundscapes. <laughs> is, oh, did I just get a second album? To no, put on my no, 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 no. 
uh, your, your homework's okay, computer, because okay, computer's on that list of like, everyone should have heard this album by now. That's fair. You can go ahead and introduce the next song since it is one you would like to, you chose to highlight. I want to highlight this. Uh, fourth song is 12 Things I Forgot. And this is the song that best describes why I love Steve Wilson's music and ties into this pro- the prog snob side of things, which is that Stephen Wilson is not afraid to write a pop song and introduce pop elements into his music. And I think that's a great thing because if there's one thing progressive rock fans hate more than anything, it is pop music. And I bash pop music as well. Um, that is... You've bashed it every episode so far. Yeah. But I bash it for different reasons than, ugh, it's popular. It's like, I get why it's popular. Because <laughs> it's, it's catchy. Yeah. It's catchy. And it would be a better place if certain artists incorporated pop elements into songs. What I don't like about popular music is they write the same element into every song. They're like, well, we figured out that the most people like this one chord progression. So every pop song is going to be this chord progression. That's not what I want in pop music. But I do like the idea of catchy melodies. And you hold that in self. Here's, here's, here's some pop elements in a song. The whole song is definitely not pop, but there are pop elements. And I, it's like, that's what I like about his music is every album of his, there's something that's almost a pop song that kind of shows up. But it's, it's a pop song in his way, in his own way. Yes, this is, I would not call this a pop song. Yeah, but it, you know, it's, it's a different take on it. And it's something that I could view almost as a pop song. It definitely has a lot of pop elements in it, which I just... I mean, it's, it's, it's repetitive. Yeah, there's, there's that. But I mean, pop, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, got a, it's got a very familiar voice chorus pattern. Yes, too long, too long of it. <laughs> ah, ah, see, I love it. <laughs> it's, most, most pop songs aren't almost five minutes. <laughs> The old in the olden eighties days, pop songs were five minutes, and then they would have like a the old radio edit. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 used to the radio edit type. This song also has a uh, reoccurring segment on on the show at this point because we're go- this is going to be the second time we mention it, which um, is going to be spicy code of the week. <laughs> I was I was wondering where that was going to land. Would you like to guess the spicy code of the week? No. <laughs> no. Um, it's in the chorus. So the chorus goes through, it has two loops. You have first half of the chorus, and then you have a different progression on the second half of the chorus. And the second half of the chorus has a super spicy uh, D sharp minor seven flat five, which is also the same thing as a D half diminished seventh, if you want to call it that. Um, but I love that because it's, it goes, what is it, C-sharp minor to a D-sus-2 to an A to an E. So that's kind of common. But then it does the C-sharp minor, D-sus-2, A, and then it flips onto this, this D-sharp minor 7 flat 5, which also is around the time where the lyric, and I know what it meant to you, is sung. And it's such a knife twist. <laughs> 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 because... The code gets spicy, like stuff changes, and then this lyric comes out of nowhere and just, which I haven't explained why that's sad, but um, this whole song, I love this whole song because it's, it's a mix of this very sad lyric presented in a happier song, but it's kind of the choice of the singer to have it that way. 
to me, it's it's a self-realization of forget that the person knows they're doing it, which I think is most exemplified in the line, well, I have no problem with sleeping at night. I've done wrong, but I just don't remember. And he has this, he also has a realization that people around him loved him. So he's aware what he's doing, but it's not stopping him. And this is the first like area where it's like, I feel like it's this, you know, this politician, the CEO of just like, I realize people love me. I realize I forget stuff, but I realize I present this fake version of myself all over the place. And I, I just kind of like it. Like I, I know, I know what I'm doing to you and I know it's, it's hurting you, but I'm just going to keep doing this. So that's why I view it. It's like, he is having a good time with this. He's, he's in a happy, mm. weirdly happy place. But the lyric is so sad because until you get to that point, you don't know that. You just think it's like someone who just forgets stuff and you're like, oh, that's sad. But it's like, no, no, this, this no. <laughs> it's more like choosing ignorance. Mm-hmm. And cho- but also choosing to hurt someone who he clearly also, like I said, he knows this person loves him, which is like, this weird thing and, and but i feel like you get that out of like politicians and stuff well politicians know people... you also get it when you write this song for people who want it to be progressive rock <laughs> yeah that's that's a fair point another, another layer i don't think he cares <laughs> no <laughs> now, a couple other things i wanted to know in this song is i love the um high-pitched strum instrument i think i've i was trying to find the name of it i think it's like a lap hop or something it's, it's, it's like almost a children's a liar no, you know that you, you hear the the really high pitched um, strum sound. Nah, that I everything you've mentioned in the song I have not picked up on. I was in a very different headspace. <laughs> he he did a home recording of the song, and, and you can see this like strummed flat instrument. A couple other things I want to pick out before I let you talk about it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go through my whole note section. Um, the chorus is very collapsed light into earth sounding from In Absentia, which is an old Porcupine Tree album. It's the same chords, first three chords are the same. And then the end has such a Blackfield sound. It's so Blackfield, which is another one of his projects, which is the more pop rock project. Oh. Um, sorry. There's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff going on with this song. I'm laughing because of my first note on this is the... Um, Phil Collins Tarzan vibes in the chorus. <laughs> ah, well. <laughs> so that that is the that is the place that uh the only the point in this album that I believe I was brought like like something else I thought of and it was yeah, kind of kind of Tarzan-y and I don't really know why. I don't know. I think it was just maybe the the way the vocals are mixed. Like, I mean, I, I'm, you know Tarzan music. You know Phil Collins. Well, I mean, are you, are you thinking uh, you'll be in my heart or are you talking like Strangers Like Me type thing? More like Strangers Like Me, not not you'll be in my heart. More like, yeah, one of the earlier songs in the movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see. It. I mean, it is a it is a pop-esque song, which Phil Collins was famous for pop-esque songs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It was not identical by any means, but it, I kind of just got that feeling. Like that. That. That was what I kind of thought of. Um, this song definitely did to me. It changed the mood. It because it's it's very different from where you were before. I don't. I don't really have too many notes on it. I. I. It was fine. I got bored of it. Personally, I'm okay. I'm okay with mood changes, but like if it's not, if I, especially if I was happy where the mood was before. 
<laughs> and then it changes for this long. And it, it is a very repetitive song. In my opinion, I found I found it to be very repetitive and over and over. And it is almost five minutes. Um, it's four four minutes, 43 seconds. And so I was just like, okay, let me let me get back to something else. Like I'm 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 good with this. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad song. And it is very different. Honestly, like as far as the if you wanted to categorize anything as a song on this album, this is the most song-like song. <laughs> this is a song for the song-likers out there. And then there's me who was expecting songs, didn't get songs, and now I'm grumpy because I got a song. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you give me a song? I didn't want this. I, I was expe- You already took them away. Why are you giving one to me now? Now I don't want it. <laughs> no, go away. This whole album is a mood, and then I was listening to it. I was a mood... <laughs> So. <laughs> the moods clashed we yeah bad bad things anyways that moves into uh eminent sleaze e- yeah eminent sleaze i think eminent meaning like uh what's the word B- basically it's gonna happen this is the big co song i love how it opens it it has such a prince slash i called it seinfeld vibe yeah i i thought seinfeld too <laughs> literally i was like is that is that seinfeld i don't know it's you get this like super deep funky bass it's yeah which is why i got a prince vibe. it's got like prince could write this song like if he wanted to there's also bongos in it yeah that's what it was <laughs> and then i realized okay so the bong it's kind of like, like a worldly like late 80s because late 80s um like the peter gabriel um worldly music type thing i can't say worldly but worldly yes word okay i didn't know if you're saying wordly or worldly <laughs> yeah that was that was a that was a big thing going on in the late 80s of just like that that kind of music phil collins was doing it too like they were a lot of a lot of people kind of going for that vibe this was the second single and the, the prog fans were not happy with this one oh i this was actually if i had to pick like some favorites on the album this was this was one i really liked i liked it you know again it's like it's it's Stephen is not afraid to just like write whatever he wants to. It's like he doesn't care if this is not prog. It's because it's not. It's it's funky. One thing I wrote down as a note, and I'm not sure if I was right. I felt like it picked up tempo just over over a minute in, but I wasn't sure if it actually picked up tempo or if just the way the instruments are played and what's being sung is less of a two four time signature feel and more of a four four. The there was a there's a cool riff because the riff starts off super with only like three notes and then throughout the song the riff just picks up notes as it goes along. Okay, because I'd have to I I like wanted to listen to it again and like snap it out the whole time and get like a, a get, just basically establish the tempo and see if it changes because the only reason I changed my opinion to maybe it didn't pick up tempo was um, sometimes when I'm listening to music I will sit and conduct it. Like the big old marching band nerd I am, because I like that's how I figure out the time the time signature. And at the beginning of it, it was definitely a two four, and because I was that's just how I was conducting it. And then when it picked up, I was doing a four four. And this is this, I just let my hands do what they're going to conduct, and that's how I find out the time signature. <laughs> There's more notes. Like it's like it starts off with a skeleton of the whole riff and then throughout some instrument like the bass will play extra notes from the main riff sometimes sometimes like but as it goes on along you get more notes with the riff yeah i mean that can make sense i mean four four falls into two four but it's just a matter of like what you're feeling 
Um, I, I know in, in the actual music writing and music theory, it, it's different, and I could be completely wrong that those aren't the actual time signatures, but that is certainly the feel. Two, four, and four, four are the same thing. It's just how you count, how you feel it, how you count it. You can exactly. write it. You can write it either way. But that's why if you're switching to something that feels like four, four, it could artificially feel like the tempo sped up. Sped up, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I do know what you mean, because there's that part where it, the more instruments come in uh, after the first verse is where it is. It does feel like it's coming in a little faster. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love the um, the chorus because the melody is so good, <laughs> and not sung again. This is another chorus where it's not sung by him. No, it, it is not. I turn on the charm and you're down there on the tarmac. I say something funny. You give me all your money. Oh yeah, it's so funky. I really yeah like this song. <laughs> yeah. But and this whole but again this whole song is. This is this is I feel like just the the CEO song of just like, mm-hmm. and I actually really like the way the guitar solo works with that theme, which is the whole thing is like, the rules keep on bending, you you know you're just pretending, and the guitar solo is kind of like, well I'm not gonna have a real guitar solo I'm just gonna ha- I'm just gonna like make almost noise but not in a noise way just like in a funky like just play some scrapes and noises but I do feel like that's kind of just a ceo kind of it, it makes me feel like a ceo just walking around just doing whatever in their ceo ways yeah that's all the notes i have on this one. Oh, those strings in the song i liked that are you talking about the da-na, da-na? The, the, yeah there's that but there's also there's some background like um string string work too string work yeah more um soundscape of just like playing one note than another note and just like adding layers Okay, yeah. But yeah, I don't have anything else to say on that other than I think I think it is a it's a fun song and there's a couple of fun songs on this album. So, and that's one of them. After this, we have Man of the People, which I think pairs so well with the last song. I'm glad these songs are right back to back because this is the same we're talking about the same person in this song, but it's through the eye of the partner or the the person that is surrounding this the CEO leader type person. Mm-hmm. This whole time I'm just picturing Jeff. Good old Jeff. Get good old Jeff Bezos. The Jeffy Jeff. Yeah, who's no longer CEO. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. I I, I, I think more <laughs> usually of like I, I think of you know he has he has explicitly called out um trump and i i do also oh yeah he the one as soon as man of the people came on i don't know why like that that was who i thought of yeah and and, i mean same same thing i mean it can be any any person in a leadership position that is viewed as that was sleaze but people can't get away from them so this song has a lot of the elements we talked about earlier so this one is also is the other song that has that echoey flow vocal yep that makes sense because it's a very lonely song of that you they're trapped they're trapped around this this figure who they know is bad for them who they know they they must they they can't be around but they also can't leave them i've got such a smirk on my face because of how you're describing that and the musical elements that actually create that Mm-hmm. there's a bunch of good this this is a this has a synth wavy i called it dock driving vibe which is right out of <laughs> my other dock driving song is also off of in absentia 
which is hot attack and a lay by, which is just ooh, haunting. And then this song is haunting in a way. Uh, but you go go ahead and talk about your your sound elements. Well, the sound so you've got the primary song, the primary listen, and it, I it's either piano. I think it kind of or no, it's not the piano. Never mind. Um, I find the song just it has a peaceful element, but you're not at peace oh. because that piano or synth underneath does not line up with the main melody. Yeah, there's a quiet synth in the back. Yep, and as soon as you add that in where it does not line up, you are uncomfortable. You are trying to find that hair on your body that it's like, oh, it's bothering me, but like I can't get rid of it. That's there the whole song. And it's quiet. It's so in the background, but it's there. But it and that pales like you said, it pales so well with what's going on lyrically. Of just it's there. It's it's not loud. That's why you they aren't you aren't getting away immediately. But it's there. That's those are my only notes on the song. Was it was just like this is this is how the song is if you're just if you're just hearing it without like good headphones or something, it's like or you know, it's like you hear it and it's like, okay, you know, this is this is fine, but then it's just like there's there's something there. There, there, there that synth is just there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've got I've got more notes though. So we'll yeah, you you go ahead. The my other notes at the end for the end. Of the song, okay. So. so in the chorus, there's that dark sound right at the end where where the person sings, and I'm just part of the plan. Where they really, it's like they, you know, it's like they know what's going on, which is the sad part of this of just like you're around this person, and they are like. It's treating you so badly. The whole chorus is about that. I, I, and I love the, how the chorus sounds. I love the well I can take rejection. What does it take to get your attention? You're realizing they're a man of the people, but then you're also realizing, realizing you're just part of the plan. They aren't here to help you, even though you want to help them. And, that's what, and then that dark sound just comes right in. And it comes right in after um, the winter gets you down, too. And... I, you know, I just like the, it's again, again, the music playing with the, the lyrical idea of this is sad. And it's just like, it's dark, darkness just takes over again. And then after the first chorus, I feel like there's a, I, I can't figure out why there's a callback to it, but there's a callback to King Ghost, but King Ghost also being that lonely sound. It, there's the electronic vocal, the, the soundscape of it get, gets me back in that. I feel like it is a callback to King Ghost. Which I mean, it, yeah, you you said it. It's a very lonely sound. So this this person, this hypothetical right hand man, like they are very alone because they have got like if they have the knowledge of this you know this other person, but they can't necessarily share it. They're just they're kind of stuck. Yeah, that sound also I mentioned comes off of um, his last album, To the Bone. That, that where this that sound was familiar to from that album as well. Um, because the last album was he started playing with some of the electronic sounds in his last album. That was the album. That was the album you had me listen oh, to. Oh, okay, okay. So you, you, you're a little, little familiar. So then, um, the second chorus I noticed had a this poppy electric sound and a bright guitar, which, which I liked. It it, it sounded it, it sounded nicer. It sounded more pleasant. Again, I'm not I'm I'm not not sure why that was there. It might have just been a, there be there musically, but. I liked the uh, the line of the demonic winter because they, it came back later in the in the lyric to say the winter gets you down, so 
I, I thought that I thought there was some good lyrics in here. Um, you said you had something else at the end of the song. Oh, the end of the song. My only note on that was simply that it end it ends on a very dark tone. Like, so the chorus has had that tail end that stark, but it moves out of it quickly. I think it is the darkest at the end of the song. It really leans into that, and that's what it leaves you with is that. A very, very unhappy feeling. Because that outro is the is the hush now, the winter gets you down. Which again, it's it's very dark. It's but the whole thing is dark. It is just being mm-hmm. trapped with this you know, almost monster you know, monster basically. This monster that everyone loves. Yep. Not everyone, but enough people. So after that dark finish of Men of the People, we move into Potional Shopper. This song is an experience. This song is. This was uh, this so this was the first single. This was released before COVID, so I've actually been hearing this song for about a year now, um, which is always interesting in an album context when it's like I'm so familiar with this song by now because it was the first single in like February. Which when the album's coming out in June, that's fine. But when the album comes out a year later, you're like, wait, wait, what? This song? I remember this song before COVID, which was five lifetimes ago. <laughs> what do you mean? This is a new album. This, um. Yeah, so this was, but this, and this made sense when I was talking about all the promotional stuff because the whole promotional concept came out around consumerism and just like this product thing. Um, and this song just straight up is a, it's a consumerism bash. That is. Oh, the whole thing. <laughs> the entire thing. Which is hilarious to me. I like that the, um, the, you, you pointed this out on um, the first album that we listened to, but this song has a very, very strong Marching beat order. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's just this pulsing drum, like electronic drum of just like behind the buy now, buy now, behind, behind the whole song of just like follow your marching autos, go, go buy all this stuff. This is what you're programmed for, spending mm-hmm. your money. Exactly. And you need it. You need, you need this product. You don't need it. That's the thing. You don't need it. Well, you, you don't, but they're telling you that you do. No, you don't need it. But have to concede it's making you happy, and that's all that matters to you. <laughs> it's so dark. <laughs> it is. That I, I, the, the, I like the, um, the high-o vocal he does in the voices because it almost it sounds like an ad man. It sounds like someone selling you something, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This whole song oh, is just... <laughs> the whole song. It's just like, buy, buy everything. Like, the, the lyrics on this song are... I love the lyrics on this song. It's it's a very wordy song. There's a lot of a lot of words thrown at you. Oh, for sure, and different products. <laughs> oh, but different products, but also just like you know, apply for credit. It's your given right. Buy it all, then buy some more. You know the the different types of buying: buying for comfort, um, buy for England, buy online, like places, things. What you should do, why you need to buy. You know, buy the update, buy the update to compete, buy the things that make your life complete. Like you want, you need this to be you, and that, I mean that is. On the social media side of things, the whole mm-hmm. thing is like, not, what you are doesn't matter. All the things you have makes you who you are. It's your stuff. It's your, yeah. Yep. It's what brand you represent. It's what, what stuff you promote. It, there's nothing about you that you can sell that's exciting. You can only be you with other people's stuff. Yeah. That, and that, that's this whole thing. And the first time I'm... The first and second time I listened to this, my initial gut reaction was like, I feel personally attacked by this song. I felt called out because, and, and the reason I did was I am someone who's, I, I spend a lot of money. I spend a lot of my money. I mean, every American does. We've been trained. 
yeah, I, I am not alone in that sentiment. I, I also, I do, I do save my money. I really do. People don't believe it, but I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm a good person. But I promise. I'm a good person. <laughs> I'm just, I, hey, I, I'm, I'm pumping my money back into that economy there. But the reason I realized it wasn't so much of a personal attack is because where my money has been spent, especially since like June, is small businesses. I, I have been buying from independent artists and creators because I fell into the art Twitter sphere. And that that is where I really got addicted. It wasn't to the actual purchasing of things and the stuff. It was that feeling I get knowing that the money that I'm spending by buying their stuff, that it's like directly falling in their pocket. Like this is this is their rent money. Like that that effect, knowing that I'm having a portion of that impact on someone's life, someone's pot and being able to support their craft. That was what's really, that's what's really cool to me. And that's why I've fallen way too far into it and why I'm doing a dry February. <laughs> I'm like, Casey, you have supported the shit out of so many people. <laughs> you can take, take a step back Remember what, you know, it feels like to not buy stuff because there is an element. I not only is it the spending the money yet with the small businesses, but also um, it's it's all really pretty stuff. And I do really like it because I am a consumer at heart. Every, um, everyone's a consumer. It's a consumer thing. But yeah, there's a different side of it there. This this falls into what we were talking about with the the Supreme brands, the Michael Kors, the I mean, these just huge co design labels, these huge design corporations. Um, telling you these are the things that you need you know I, I, there's a there's a big difference between small business spending and supporting individuals versus supporting michael Kors, who um, yes they, they survived the pandemic quite fine i'm sure yeah so it's like I've, if i'm gonna have a spending addiction and uh fall into consumerism too much i would prefer it to be on this side because at least i know i'm having an, an impact on individuals and not just giving my money to a corporation. Yeah, and, and the brands that they are that he's going after are the big the big brands that have this wheeled following of like, oh, you you know you have you wear Supreme, look at you, um, and like you fit into the mainstream crowd when you have that. Like your your stuff is not like you get this and now you're part of the group that thirty percent of Americans are in, right? No. Oh God. This is, these are all like individual handmade little uh, handmade items. Like there. So if you're going to talk about like something that's unique, it's like, I've got, I've got original art pieces. The fact of the matter is, it's like, these aren't necessarily very well-known artists. So it's not like they have this huge value to them, but they are each individually handmade and unique. And that's really, that is really cool. It's like, I, I own that. And the bashing that is going on between the on the unique side what he bashed in the promo stuff um it's not represented lyrically but it's the num like the numbered items like the fake it's that fake scarcity it's the this is one of 1000 it's like the company could have made 10 million of them for all they care it's not a uniqueness the uniqueness only comes because they made a thousand which is the product is not unique they just made a small number and there's a big difference between that and somebody making a unique product why is it special that there's 10,000 of these things and they just printed which number it is on here? Like, who cares? The only reason it's special is because there's 10,000 of them. It doesn't make the item itself special. They did no extra work other than print a number on it. 
He just labeled it as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this whole song is all about blind consumerism, and it just you you you're buying because you got this. I don't know. F- you're driven to buy it. You're driven to spend your money. You feel like you need it. Those social pressure to have it. Um, and I mean, though, yes. it, th- those social, like, th- that is a thing that exists, even in stuff that we all have. I mean, it's less noticed, but I mean, it's like, do you have an iPhone? And it's like, oh, yeah. It's like, that's there. And, and it, like, and you can say for many reasons why it's not, doesn't apply to stuff like that. Like, life goes through the phone, like, et cetera, et cetera. But it is, there is a part of it of, Social pressure says you need this thing and this thing and this thing or else you're not part of this class, which means you are going to be left out of this thing and this other thing because you don't have these three things that you haven't bought yet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a good it's a good thing to point out and think about, like, because we do so blindly go about some of this stuff. We don't even think about some of it. Is this where I jump into the how eating meat is blind consumerism? Yes. <laughs> Because it is. No, it is. It, it, well, it is. Be- and like I am, there are people that are very aware of meat and what it is and that it's animal and where it comes from, especially people that like hunt for their own food, like people that go out and, you know, shoot deer and then have venison. Like I'm not, I'm not talking about you. You're very aware of what it is you're eating. I'm talking about most of the population that consumes meat. A lot of them, if you got into a conversation about them, about, you know, animal farms (laughs) and like and what the nature of animals agriculture like animals being brought up to be slaughtered and slaughtered houses you would be they're they're horrified they 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 don't want to talk about it they don't want to listen about it because they don't want to think about it and if they do think about it then they feel bad about consuming meat as a product but if it's just something that you buy in a supermarket that has a label on it that's already dead it's already just what it is it's like this is beef like that's not that's that wasn't a cow that's this is just beef and then that's that is blind consumerism and that's how the meat industry as a whole survives is that people are so unattached Mm -hmm. from what where meat actually comes from that they can just blindly consume it because let's face it yeah it tastes good like I get it. I ate meat for a long time. Like it it does taste good and you're you are a human. You have teeth that are designed to eat meat. Like I totally get that. But we as a people have ruined it <laughs> and made it horrible, and terrible for the environment and awful to animals and that's why it's a bad thing now. But yeah, that's that's me on my vegan high horse. So Well, I Stephen is a uh, is a vegetarian, and he, he I'm sure he's thought about the same thing, which is a couple of interviews he's had, and there's one quote I've got in front of me. It's like I think that the human race has evolved to the point where we don't need to eat animals, so therefore we have no right to eat animals. Like to but to think, you know, you have to think that there was a point where we had to, and that is absolutely yes. true. Um, oh yeah, I am not denying that until quite recently, actually, a way I mean, well into the 1900s, I would say. Um, like we just did not have the the proper means to do it. No, and um, I I know that there there's still to a point there is a gap. Like I am not saying veganism is available to everyone. I think that to to live a comfortable vegan lifestyle, it does help to you you know be able to support it because vegan you know substitutes and those processed vegan foods are you know more expensive, and it, it is not nearly as as readily available. So I I, I don't want to shame people who 
especially don't have the means to support that lifestyle, it's a lot more affordable to not live a vegan lifestyle. I would say vegetarianism is a little more, um, I guess, available. Yeah. And you can live a cheap vegan life, but I am not saying that your life needs to be just eating beans. Like, <laughs> there, there's more to life, and I get that, and I value human life. <laughs> I think it's something, you know, obvious. He, he's thought about, too, uh, with, with all the stuff. I mean, it, to, in order to bash it, and you've had to have had quite quite a thorough thought process on why you want to write an album that goes after something like this. I, I think, you know, mm-hmm. he, do, he does truly care about this. Back to the song. Um, love the choruses. I like the two. I like the split in them. I like the bridge between the two choruses. The chorus is not sung by Steven. The bridge is sung by Steven. I, I, but I like the split. I, I like, it, like how it comes back into the, the second round of the chorus. I find it very catchy. I, I find the melody flow really good. I, I find anything catchy where I find myself like tossing my own words into a melody scheme. And that's, that's what I get out of this chorus. <laughs> buy in green, buy in blue, buy the patterns because I tell you to. I, I, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Let's see here. I've got, I've got more notes. You, uh, you mentioned earlier you don't like spoken word. Nope. So, <laughs> you have no notes on the middle of the song. Nope. <laughs> what's, what's the middle of the song? Oh, oh, all the products. Yeah. The products. No, but I liked this. I actually did really like this because of what the song is. I liked it a lot better here. <laughs> uh, do you know who this is? No. This is Elton John. What? <laughs> I was unaware until uh, this song came out that Elton John is a big Stephen Wilson fan. I was uh, <laughs> That's on, amazing. Unaware of this. So he, he, was, uh, he was thrilled to be able to uh, work on the song with him. It's very good. That's amazing. <laughs> we had Taylor Swift and Sir Paul McCartney la- um, week one. <laughs> Here we go again. And we got Elton John and Stephen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. So I like um, the guitars behind this interlude. It's, very, it's a very um, Voyage 34 callback, which is late 90s well actually no it's a mid 90s uh porcupine tree when he started voyage 34 which is it's a lsd trip song for an hour um but it's i mean again gotcha it, it's it's something St- steven does so well which is soundscapes with instruments over them um and there's just spoken word guitars and and, and it builds because the the vocals start multiplying and having different products in different parts of the sound soundscape so uh, I, I I like that, and I like the way that it's structured because the you have the first half of the chorus, then you go into the interlude, and then you do the bridge in the second half of the chorus again. Great, <laughs> like it just split. It split so nicely, and then there's there's more and more products. There's there's a lot of products, uh, and I I really like the uh, solo in the song, the, the kind of electronic jam of it. There's, there's a nice the song gets into this nice beat, this nice um. It's fun. I like it's. It's a long song, but I, I find it. I find it fun. Yeah. No. I. I, I enjoyed it uh, overall. And what's funny is this: there is a lar- there is a longer longer version of this song for people who want it. I uh, the on the deluxe edition. There's a 20 minute version of the song with even more products. <laughs> it has like an outta- it. it has like an outtake that leads into the song of Elton being like it was like um. But it was based, um design or license plate, like the personalized license plate. And that, then you hear Elton saying, like, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got in Personal Shopper. Same. Following Personal Shopper is Follower. I, my vibe was experimental electronic future dance punk. 
I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah. Song, I didn't put a vibe, but I got that. Yeah. This song is so fun. I like it's grown to me a lot the more I've listened oh, to I, it. This, this is, if you're going to, this is the catchy. This is the, this is what gets stuck in my head. Oh, follow me, follow me. <laughs> yeah. We were flat, by the way. Well, always. <laughs> Album working way. The catchiest bit is the telling someone to follow you bit. <laughs> like, look, yes. Look how fun this is. Look how. Oh, follow me, follow me. Oh, follow me, follow me. Yeah. I, I, this is so fun. And this is, this is where you get some good rock vibes. Yeah. There's, well, there's also just a lot going on. There's, um. Yes. I like the heavy, there's a five second thing of just like this electronic wall of sound that pans back and forth real fast. It just takes over and just goes back left and right, which I like. Um, that falls right into a second verse. There's a guitar solo that's a bridge. Okay, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I said got a rock and guitar solo, so. It, but yes. it's a bridge. <laughs> and then the piano into the chorus, I, mean, I, I said almost ABBA feeling. It's got this like shop vibe of. Like, it, it's got this weird sound to it that goes into the chorus. Um, I don't know if you caught that piano. No, I did not. Um, so there's a piano that goes into the chorus, which is completely different than the piano that goes out of the chorus, but the because the piano out of the chorus is much brighter. And the chorus, I, I love the chorus. The, the chorus gets stuck in my head too. I'm not identifying the chorus, I like what the lyrics of the chorus are. So is the chorus the future biting mm -hmm. or future. okay? That's what I thought. So, do, do, do. And then there's that sense yes, behind it. Yes. Biting. Yes. This is where, like, right before that, I felt very, like, it's got the futuristic noises, like, straight out of Magic Kingdom's Tomorrowland, like, mm -hmm. those types of noises. Yeah. Um, and this is, yeah, Future Biting. It's it's right in there, and that's the title of the album. Yeah, and, and it's got the million spiting. You, you know, we, we've gotten to this point. This is a, this is that social media. We just got a bunch of people who are now, well, we thought this was, the future was going to this place where... It was going to be all sunshine and roses, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, and so this this was actually because I, I I made sure I didn't read your notes that you would put in the album for like the intro stuff. Um, I kind of wanted to just do a live discussion of that. I had, I saw it though, so my brain processed some of it. But as I was lis listening to the album, this was where I first was like social media. This this was where I noticed it. I didn't pick up on it in self. Um, now, obviously, like when we were discussing it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what that's about. But follower, I mean, that's it's also just like blatant language. It's like you you follow someone on a platform. So, yes, very, very strong social media presence in this. And I really <laughs> liked in the third verse after the chorus, there's an electronic vocal that he applies to himself to change the perspective. OK. Um, and and the, the lyrics change as well with that, which is whereas the first side of things is the is the person that someone would be following the the one making all the calls you know i i move like a fever inside you make you believe what i want to whereas in the third verse it's to the perspective of the person doing the following do i want to have friends like you have do i want to have a life like you do yeah that's that's where i i picked up on it it's like do i want this it's like is this what i want because a lot of people like you look at other people's profiles on social media and you're like wow i 
Like I, their life looks awesome. Like they're, they're like, look at these travel photos. Like this is amazing. And it's like, do, do I want that? Like inside of that is that electronic vocal saying, do I want to have a life like you do? And then right after that, it with, you know, mixed in with that is the, Ooh, follow me, follow me. Yeah. Like you, you keep clicking, you keep following the people. It's like, this is what I want. Like this is the life I want. So I'm going to keep following those people that have that. And then the, uh, the, the outro piano from out, after the first chorus is added into the chorus the second time through, which I, which I like, because I, I really like that pia- that bright piano. Uh, that, this this song's fun. I like that song. The um the sense I got from it because there is a lot going on in this song, and I think part of the reason why I finally realized this was about social media was um it was overwhelming, and I think that is something that you know he's trying to communicate about social media. It's like it's like do I want this to like you're you're so overwhelmed with other people's profiles, what you're seeing, how you're feeling about it. And it's just too much to take in. And it's like, it's not healthy. And you just, it's like you're, you're, you can't like focus in on, you know, yourself and all that. You're very distracted about what other people have and what you could have or maybe should have. It makes, it makes you feel like that. This song is very distracted in inside itself. <laughs> yes, yes. And it, and it gives you that, that sense different types of pianos there's a guitar solo there's an electronic fe- like it's every feel it's everything at once i think overwhelming is a good, a good description of that mm-hmm. and that yeah yeah that's how i felt so the last song on the album is count of unease which i think is just a great outro song <laughs> it, it is i i agree with that i i don't have a lot to say on it um, I wanted this song to be shorter, not because I felt like it was bad, but I really liked, I liked where it was putting me. It felt good. I wanted it to de- end quicker than it does. I would have been happy with it ending around the two and a half to three minute mark. And even musically, it, I feel like it could have ended at both of those places as well, especially at the three minute mark. If I'm remembering correctly, there's like a certain chord it could have just drifted off on and I would have been happy with how it ends because it's a little uncomfortable but this is a six minute song i personally don't mind the last song kind of droning like he steven has an ambient music project called bass communion um and he's he does the ambient music in some of his other songs uh there's another song that ends dead wing called glass Alm shattering which is one of my favorite songs of his um which has this just very haunting slow ambient atmospheric vibe like this song does i don't mind those drifting a little bit just because i mean you're almost allowed to leave the song whenever you'd like to exactly it's like whenever you want the song to be done you can just it's the last song so you can be done with it so i think i think for the song as as itself i'm perfectly happy with the song itself being six minutes i'm just saying in the context of the album i just got thrown through the ringer and like, I feel I'm tired again and not necessarily tired of the album, but like this was a lot to take in. And so like, it would have been more kind to let me just like peacefully end on like the two, two and a half, three minute mark. But then part of me was like, no, the future bites. You're nope, you're not done. <laughs> At least it doesn't like, it, it just stays with the, that realization. Yes. That atmosphere. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't. Yeah. It leaves you there. The whole time is that song. So it's, it's like, it's not torturous by any means, but it is. It is a long song. But I, I think it's a really good closing. Yes. It closes on a, I called it atmospheric realization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever vibe that is. Whatever that is, yeah. 
I, I will mention Hio that he released a B-Sides collection, which we'll link as well. Um, no, four songs on that. Uh, Eyewitness and Inflow Green were part of the Eminent Slee single. And then Move Like a Fever and uh, uh, there was a King Ghost remix by Tangerine Dream, which I mentioned before, which was part of the 12 Things I Forgot single. I listen to them. I, I do like them, but I, I don't like listening to them after the album because they just it closes on kind of unease, so you don't want to go back into more music. It just becomes like a little longer, and the those songs are not as part of the concept. So, they, I, I feel like they they're actually really good B sides. They they do a B side. Yeah, they belong do. on they belong on a B side. So if it was something that you wanted to on a later date or a different time, like go listen to. Yes, I. But I would say if you're listening to this album as a whole, like don't don't force yourself to go listen to these no. not because they're bad but because i'm gonna guess you're you're you know you and you're tired <laughs> you just went through a lot so yeah <laughs> give yourself go back and if you need to keep listening to music pick something you know pick something that makes you feel better <laughs> we saw the album it's up to you <laughs> or that if you're just complete masochist <laughs> i i would do that i would i would do that yes this song, I or this not the song. This album, this album, I did enjoy more in the second listen, but I think a lot of that was I was just so caught off guard with it the first time, and I was just not in the headspace for it. And I listened to it because I had to. I was like, all right, I'm running out of time. Like we we record on Wednesdays, and it's Monday now, so I need to at least do my first listen. And I was just like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, good thing you didn't leave it for like Wednesday morning send help i yeah seriously like if my if i my first listen one was on wednesday morning i wouldn't have been able to take any sort of coherent notes on this at least like i gave myself i didn't listen to it at all on tuesday i've only listened to it twice i did the first listen on monday and the second listen during the day to day which is what i was able to take notes on it but i also i knew what i was getting myself into so <laughs> i was able to process it better you can you can listen to it again after this conversation tomorrow. Or or not. I <laughs> know. Ah, nah. you, you, you should give yourself one listen out now that we've talked about a bunch of this. It's o- it's only fair. It's only fitting. No, I have to go listen to um You, you got okay computer. Okay, okay computer. Yeah. You got a couple albums to listen to tomorrow. <laughs> Whatever our next album is. I haven't even looked at what our next album is. Woo, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. Gotta do a rating on this one. Oh. Yeah, we do. Oh, oh gosh. Oh lord. Uh. Let me enter this rating scale. I'm gonna let you're oh. gonna be the the primary contributor contributor to this rating. Oh boy, am I? That's that's not that's not good. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's a lot going on here. I um, as a full mentioned, I really do like his prog masterpieces. Those are those easy sevens. To for me, I think this is gonna take a while while for me. It's hard to give a rating. This rating on on my scale will change throughout time because Stephen's music just I listen to it for months and years so opinions change um it's hard after a week to be like oh i don't like the album as much as the last one it's like no you don't like the the album as much as the last one maybe because you don't but also maybe because you've been listening to the last one for four years and you've been able to like create memories with that music for four years so something you've been stuck inside during quarantine for five days with just isn't going to be as special is it because the music is musically because it's not special or is it because you've had five days in quarantine with it. It's probably the five days in quarantine. <laughs> I was actually watching a video about um, that and why it, it, he was talking about why people don't like the new stuff from an artist. It's like, even if the new stuff is just as good as the old stuff, it's because people just have 
worked on making memories with this music for 10 years, which you just cannot add to new music. You like new music is a chance to go create new memories with it, but you're not going to have the same feelings you have with the old music because this is new. You just haven't heard it much yet. You haven't had a chance to, to go live with it yet. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, and that is a huge part of music. And like, I know I live in that is the music I go back to. It's like, I, I have stuff tied to it and I, and I keep listening to it, so I, I develop a backlog of memories to certain albums. It's not just, like, one thing. My issue with rating this album, and I'm looking at the rating scale now, <laughs> is because, you know, there's a lot of good musical elements here, but this so falls outside of, you know, your stereotypic, stereotypical music, because it is, it's a story, it's like a, it's a message album, it's a concept album, It's it's not something that... I am drawn to like I want to listen to this because I like the music. Yeah, this is a hard. This is a hard one to rate on a on a typical scale. On a on a yeah, even even with our you know honed in, this is how I rated scale. This scale is designed for rating <laughs> music, <laughs> and yes, it. this is music, but like ugh, it falls outside of it because this has the element of you know the the note. I'm not saying this album is a two by any means, but like. This is the I can see why someone else would like it. Yeah. A lot for me cuz there are a lot of elements in here that I am not drawn to musically, but I really appreciate everything that went in here. I can see why like where the music and the lyrics come together to make you feel the message. And that's really cool. And the nice thing about doing a podcast is it's not like a website where a website has to put down a number and then people can just quickly glance it's like ah that's that it's like you're, you're missing the point now, the nice thing with if you listen this fall in this long long we apologize for how long this is episode you kind of already know that there's going to be a number with a bunch of asterisks next to it yeah <laughs> so like, so you're not just like getting this number and running away being like ah they called it this we will they compared it to this album with this just this single number it's like no 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 this number no 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 no, no, no. like this this number <laughs> don't Almost, we don't need a number on this just because it's like too hard to give it a number. It falls outside of the scale. I think it's exceptional in what it's doing and the way it conveys its message. But, and I, and yes, you've mentioned the mixing many times, but as far as like musically exceptional, I mean, that is a matter of opinion and it is our opinion. We're giving our opinion on the music, but I would say as far as like, what I think people are going to enjoy listening to. I, I'm not going to say to someone like, I think you'd really like listening to this album. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you want an experience. Yes. Yeah. If, if you're looking for an, a musical experience, sure. Yeah. Have I got the thing for you? <laughs> but if you're look, if you're looking for a new album that you want to enjoy, just like the music, <laughs> this is not what I would no. recommend. So it's like, where where does that fall on the rating scale? I there's a part of me that almost just says we don't I don't want to give it a rating just because it's like it's out again it's outside of the scale and so putting it in the scale almost like doesn't do it just like, it doesn't do it justice no you're not because you're not if if you rated this album a six like if someone was like oh yeah this is a six out of seven album it's like okay yeah no I'm probably gonna like it no like <laughs> no it's like I want I want to I I want to rate it uh a two and a seven at the same time. And I mean, very different things with that. Yeah, exactly. I, I am right in two. Yeah. Two and a, it's like 
both simultaneously. And like that, that's not fair. It lives in this weird space. And so it's like, and the nice thing is because it's again, because it's a podcast, you got the thoughts. You don't need a number to. You don't need a number. If we're going to, if we're going to put a rating, I would put like Brady could not be obtained. (laughs) We tried to calculate it. It just doesn't work. Right. Our calculator broke. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I I agree with you. It's like, if someone asked me like, what's your favorite album? It's like, I'm not going to give them this. I'm going to give them a, there are Stephen Wilson albums. I will recommend till the end of my life as the greatest things ever. And, but I'd be feel way more comfortable giving them those as, as projects than this. Um, but again, but that's not to say this is bad. It is to say that this is just, it is, it is its own thing. Oh, yeah. When we use the word unique, it's, you just found it. <laughs> the only thing I can even, like, begin to compare it to is something in the OK computer realm. of just like, we'll just do, we're going to do something different. And and now for something completely different. <laughs> just music as art. So, so I'm comfortable. Um, rating cannot exist. Um yeah it's just it's like a, a slash moment we we've it's th- we're three episodes in and we've already <laughs> broken our rating scale it's, you can't i don't think we'll break i we can make exceptions i i think most music we hopefully most lo- music we listen to falls within the scale because most music is like most music yes i i agree and i think that that'll definitely be the case um because it, it's not it's not going to be a thing where we're always rating new music this just happened to be something where it came out so we didn't have this going into it i feel like if this album came out in june we would not be reviewing it on the show probably not i would have picked something else but i i do like the idea of listening to new music and so um well it adds an element of variation it keeps us from just reviewing things that we know one of one of someone definitely likes and for certain reasons and i had to think about this one a lot more because i only had five days with it which is how you usually have to do it um Yes. I, like the last two albums I gave you, I was like, I had been sitting on for like a month. So I, I was, I was prepped and ready. You already had a lot of thoughts formed. So yeah. Well, welcome to the, the quick thoughts club. <laughs> I'm like, ah, okay. Um, and speaking of new music, whoo-hoo, guess what we got next week? We've got more, mu- more new music. We've got more new music, which is so exciting. There's actually a, a couple albums I'm going to listen to this weekend, but we're not going to review both of them. Um, we are only going to review one of them. So uh, next week, we'll be checking out Ignorance by The Weather Station, which is another one of those bands that I just haven't really heard much about. But she's a Canadian um, folk artist. And I'm not really sure what to expect out of this album. But um, yeah, it's just like it was, looked interesting and hopefully more more on track with what we've been listening to with <laughs> things like Titanic Rising and those kind of albums. Um, something... Something a little easier on the ears compared to uh, this week's. <laughs> all right, is that what that all you you have for next week? That's all I have for next week. I think that's all I have for this this episode. Which again, we'll, we'll, not all of them will run this long because thankfully most albums, most albums aren't this thought provoking. I don't have to explain. I'm like, it's music. No, next week <laughs> don't have to. We don't have to defend it. <laughs> next next week is going to be like that. Next week's going to be like it's music. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen to your pods on. We do appreciate it. Uh, Talk to you next week and we'll catch you on the B-side.